Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. everybody welcome to yet another episode of the sports beat with richard holdridge episode 379 on this soggy morning may 23rd 2022 as it has been rainy all this morning in the chattahoochee valley just stay safe out there just trying to weather the storm here we have a great show for you he's not been on a while but the former play-by-play announcer of Freed Hardman Athletics and my former colleague, Rob Frazier, will be joining the show. And hopefully we can get into some Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, conference finals in the NBA, and our alma mater, Freed Hardman University, the Lady Lions softball team making it to the NAIA World Series in Columbus, Georgia. But let's go ahead and get right into the show. Uh, normally, I'll spin. 10 minutes on the local angle before I bring out my guest. We've had a lot of local sports stories to talk about. I hope that everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. Friday night, I called my final game as the public address announcer for Russell County. They were taking on Tallahassee down in Russell County. Quite a crowd. I love how the spring games, you can just get a sneak preview of what your team is going to look like in the fall. And Russell County looks great. They beat Tallahassee 36-29. to A.J. Black, oh, he's going to be a star wide receiver. He had a couple of touchdowns. Robert Calhoun threw some touchdown passes. And Russell County is trying to build off their 6-4 and four season last year. They will open the season August the 26th against Harris County. It will be a border war. Harris County, a 5A program out of Hamilton, Georgia taking on Russell County, a 6A program. I'm wondering how that's going to turn out. The Central Red Devils out of Phoenix City, they are your AHSAA 7A state champions. How does that feel? How does that feel, Phoenix City? You got a state champion baseball team on your hand. They were able to beat Hewitt Trustville in a best of three. They lost game one. They rallied to come back and win games two and games three. And this is the first ever State championship for the Central Red Devils in baseball. They've had quite the year as well. Their football team making it to the state title game against Thompson. Their softball team making it to the state finals. Their track team making it to state. Wide receiver Justin Ross is probably going to make the Kansas City Chiefs roster. Yeah, Central's had a great year. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the efforts. I'm also proud of the efforts of the LaGrange Grangers baseball team. They did fall short to North Oconee. North Oconee was a powerhouse in baseball. They only lost one game all year. LaGrange fought tooth and nail up in Rome, Georgia, as they were battling North Oconee for the GHSAA 4A state championship game. Took a 2-1 lead into the bottom of the seventh inning, and 
North Oconee came back and they rallied to win game one. And then North Oconee ended up winning game two. But it was a valiant effort by the Grangers. They've had just a great season. And they have a young team. They only have five seniors. And I'm hoping to try to get LaGrange Grangers head baseball coach Donnie Branch on the show. I'm also going to try to get sidelines pass and works pretty much sports in LaGrange, Kevin Eckleberry on the show as well, as it's been a great time for LaGrange baseball, for the LaGrange College Panthers. A sad week with the tragedy they suffered last week, but their resilience as a team to sweep Centary and advance to the Super Regionals for the first time in school history. What an effort by the LaGrange Panthers. And it was a very difficult show last week because I got on the air and I had to talk about the two baseball players who were killed in the car accident, but they were honored in the, in the most fitting way possible. They had a moment of silence before the game. They put their jerseys out on the mound. They were both freshman pitchers. And uh, number four and number 48 will forever be remembered by this LaGrange team that just wouldn't quit. They had this fight in them, and now they're moving on to the Super Regionals. Just two wins away from reaching the NCAA Division III College World Series. And we have another college baseball team in the Chattahoochee Valley that just won't quit. The Columbus State Cougars. In a double elimination bracket, they were able to beat Belmont Abbey, went on to defeat the defending national champions, Wingate. Then they took on Wingate knowing they need just to win one. They're able to defeat Wingate, and Columbus State will play North Greenville, the number one seed in the Super Regionals for the Southeast, with a possible trip on the line to the D2 College World Series. I've been covering these two college baseball programs all season, and they just keep winning. Columbus State and LaGrange College just keep winning. What an effort by both teams both programs, and what they've been doing all season. The Atlanta Braves took two out of three from the Miami Marlins over the weekend. They were able to win the first two games, 5-3 to three and 4-3, to three, but the Marlins were able to win game three thanks to Sandy Alcantara's six-hitter. Backup catcher William Contreras had a great day Saturday, hitting two home runs, including one in the top of the seventh that gave them the, the insurance runs to get the 4-3 to three victory. The Atlanta Braves are now 19-22, and 22, and they get ready to take on the Philadelphia Phillies for a four-game series. Both teams are tied with identical records, as both teams are eight back from the New York Mets. On the mound today, Davidson, who got a great victory his last start, taking on probably the Phillies' ace, Zach Wheeler. Wheeler has always been a great pitcher, not sure if Bryce Harper's going to play in this game. He does have a small UCL tear, as does manager Joe Girardi keep Harper in the lineup. Like I said, this is a very busy weekend. We had a Preakness winner. Early voting wins the Preakness. You know, I really don't care about horse racing if the Kentucky Derby winner does not win the Preakness. It becomes irrelevant, and I have no desire to even watch the Belmont Stakes. The Kentucky Derby winner wasn't even in the Preakness. Normally, if the Kentucky Derby winner has a chance and is racing in the Preakness, I'm going to watch the Preakness. We had the PGA Championship. Tiger Woods did make a cut with a minus one on a Friday, but he had his worst outing as a golfer on in a major championship, shooting a 79, and he had to withdraw 
from the tournament. But Justin Thomas, coming out of nowhere, seven shots back, comes back and wins the PGA Championship in a three-hole playoff. And that is a segue to my next sports documentary. I am excited about this one, as it will be all about Larry Mize. Larry Mize won the Masters in 1987. I know, I should have had him on during Masters week. But he is not originally from Columbus. He's from Augusta. But he calls Columbus his home. He's a big ambassador and a pioneer for golf in the city of Columbus. And he just had a great run by getting a green jacket in 1987. A thrilling three-hole playoff between him, Steve Baliermos, and Greg Norman. It was just a captivating performance by Larry Mize. He is going to be the focal point of my sports documentary next week. We had a Western Conference Finals game last night as the Golden State Warriors were able to take control in Dallas to take a 3-0 series lead against the Dallas Mavericks. And they are one win away from reaching their sixth NBA Finals. The dynasty is not over. They were able to beat the Dallas Mavericks 109-100. to Led by balanced scoring, Andrew Wiggins posterized Luka. He had 27 points. Steph Curry had 31. And the Golden State Warriors have a chance to close it out on Tuesday to head back to the NBA Finals. Tonight we have Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Miami Heat have a 2-1 series lead over the Celtics. But if they don't have Jimmy Butler, I don't think they win in Boston. I know that Bam Adebayo stepped up over the weekend. But Jimmy Butler is listed as questionable. And I think that Boston could still push this series to seven games. It's been a back-and-forth series. Neither one of the teams have gotten control in this series. So it'll be interesting to see later tonight. NHL, I could not believe how dominant the Tampa Bay Lightning have been over the number one team in the Eastern Conference, the Florida Panthers. They defeated them at home. 5-1 5-1 to one, to take a 3-0 series lead, they're going to move on. They're going to beat Florida. I know that just a handful of teams have come back from a 3-0 deficit, including the Los Angeles Kings over my San Jose Sharks came back from a 3-0 series deficit in the NHL playoffs a couple of years ago. I was not happy about that. So Tampa Bay does have a chance to win their third straight Stanley Cup final. They would take on either the Carolina Hurricanes or the New York Rangers. The Rangers were able to get a victory at the Garden, 3-1 to one over Carolina. All the teams with a home ice has won so far. Then you have Edmonton that took a 4-1 series lead over Calgary. The Tampa Bay Lightning have a chance to close it out against the Florida Panthers tonight in Tampa as they have a rare back-to-back night playoff series. I've never seen that before in the history of NHL playoffs. And then the Colorado Avalanche taking on the St. Louis Blues in Game 4. I don't talk a whole lot about USFL on this show, but you got to give some props to the Birmingham Stallions. 6-0 on the season. Bo Scarborough, the former Alabama running back, he's just running wild. And a big win for the Southeast region, this side of the country, to have Birmingham do well. And hopefully they can finish this season out because the last two spring football leagues could not get to a championship game. The XFL folded after the COVID-19 outbreak. And before that, the Alliance of American Football folded because they just ran out of money. All right, I think it's time to bring Rob Frazier on the show. So don't go anywhere. 
I will have Rob. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back in a few. Welcome back to the show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, and you and we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill and Go Jump and Slide Inflatables. And on the show today, I have my longtime colleague from Freed Harmon University. He used to call games with me. He was the play-by-play announcer for Freed Harmon Athletics when I first arrived on campus. I've got Rob Frazier on the show. Rob, welcome back. I know it's been a while. Absolutely. More like long lost friend. And uh, it's good to be back on the show with you. And we are in the middle of the summer, the great summer transition in sports. So today is going to be a a cookie jar episode. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything today. Well, I tell you, Rob, if it wasn't for Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, the whole college football cycle would be dead right now. We wouldn't be talking about anything college football related, but they've got us talking about NIL and how it's going to impact college athletics and this beef between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. It makes for compelling radio and a compelling podcast. Absolutely. You know, the SEC, uh, they want to continue to be the king of of college sports in general, especially in football. And, and that's one way to do it. Um, the SEC is definitely the strongest financial conference uh, in college sports. And, and it shows uh, it really does. And then you got Lane Kiffin right in the middle of it as well, you know, just kind of laughing because, you know, he's, he's doing pretty well. Uh, and of course he worked with both of those guys in the past. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting last week, and I love your show last Friday. Uh, how you and Gabe addressed that topic from all angles, uh, with Gabe being an Alabama fan, and and I, I like the perspective he brought, kind of the other other side of things. You know, it is sour grapes in a lot of ways, but uh, yeah, it'll play itself out, won't it? But again, my take on that, Richard, is the rich keep getting richer. It seems like, but uh, in uh, this competitive market, though, it. If it's that's the way it's going to be, it might allow, uh, if they're willing to play the game, so to speak, uh, some of these other conferences to catch up and some of these other powerhouse schools like you touched on in the show last Friday. But I also think a player like Travis Hunter, if he is getting money in NIL deals, going to a school like Jackson State, I mean, you're talking about the number one recruiting the number one recruit in the entire 2022 draft class going to an FCS school in Jackson State. Looking at their schedule, it, it looks like I'm I'm captivated. I want to see how this guy is just going to dominate athletics at the FCS level. And maybe Jackson State has a shot to win the FCS championship this year. Well, I certainly hope they do, and I'm glad that uh, Deion Sanders is there and helping them. And uh, I'm sure Gabe touched on this. And uh, in the Memphis area, there's actually a, uh, a sports podcast, you know, dedicated to our historically black universities. And, and I'm glad to see them do well. Uh, they they need all the financial uh, funding that they can get. And keep in mind the position that that young man plays. And uh, why wouldn't you want to be mentored by Deion Sanders, who was one of the best to ever do it? He absolutely was, and he's starting to become a great college football head coach. And uh, that beef with Nick Saban, I, I don't know if they're going to make any more Aflac commercials together, but we'll see. Moving along, uh, no, I think that Alabama has dominated college football ever since Nick Saban arrived on campus. 
But with NIL deals, I honestly feel that the playing level is going to get a little bit easier for schools like Texas, USC, Oklahoma to compete with the Alabamas, to compete with the Georgias. Nick Saban can't do it forever, but I still think that Alabama is the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. You're bringing back the two best players in college football on your team, the quarterback, which makes all the difference in the world, and on the defense with Will Anderson. But, Rob, I think that the tide is going to change in college football because of these NIL deals. Yeah, I like how you worded that there, Richard. I don't know if you did that on purpose or, uh, you know, the tide's going to change, but but yeah. Oh, yeah, I made a pun without even realizing it. <laughs> but, yeah, it definitely will. Um, but it's it's still very top-heavy, and, you know, I feel bad for the schools that are really, you know, trying to be competitive, you know, like your mid-level schools, you know, like how Cincinnati had a great year or even – you know, my Memphis Tigers or, you, you know, any mid-level school you, you, you want to name. I just feel bad for those institutions that, you know, they're, they're trying to keep up. And it just, again, it just seems, at least in college football, so top-heavy. Uh, and it is what it is. I think the days of seeing a Boise State or a Central Florida or even a Cincinnati last year making it into the college football playoff, I think th- those days are going to be over because now you look at college football – Alabama's going to be in it. Georgia's going to be in it. Texas A&M now with the number one recruiting class. They're going to compete for a national championship. And let's not forget about USC. I think with getting that transfer from the University of Pittsburgh, I think they're going to have the best wide receiving core. Caleb Williams follows his former coach from Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, to Southern California. And I think that USC, looking at their schedule, I think they could run the table and compete for a college football playoff in year one for Lincoln Riley. Oh, it's it's going to be a fun college football season. I cannot wait, Rob. I'm telling you, these games, I mean, I'm penciling that Texas A&M-Alabama game. There's some other great games like Notre Dame and Ohio State. You got Georgia and Oregon, and you have Alabama playing at Texas. Wow, I didn't know about that one. Hey, that's great. Yeah, that's great for sure. And I, I, the wild card in all this is Notre Dame with, with their many, many years of tradition. But, you know, they're also very proud of their religious, you know, heritage. And I don't know how willing they are going to be to play the game. They've got a lot of money, obviously, uh, with that institution and their brand. Uh, so we'll see how they keep up as well because they've been, you know, one that's still one of the top ten programs in the country, but with that coaching transition, you know, Coach Kelly moving to LSU and uh, and their new coach coming in, it'll be interesting to see how they do. This year they'll do okay, but in the in the years to come, it'll be interesting to see if Notre Dame can, you know, still hang in there as an independent. All right, let's talk about NBA playoffs. The Golden State Warriors have a commanding 3-0 series lead over the Dallas Mavericks. Miami has a 2-1 series lead over the Celtics. However, Jimmy Butler is questionable for tonight's game. Looking at these two conference final series, I think that Golden State is going to play either Miami or Boston. But looking at it, and I know, sorry that your Memphis Grizzlies couldn't advance past Golden State. They gave them a good run. I think if John Morant didn't get injured, I think that Memphis had dominated the games. They were in it right at the last minute, and their defense without Jaw in the lineup 
really made a difference in one of their victories, and they lost in six. But uh, what do you think so far about the NBA playoffs? Yes, the last rounds uh, before the finals uh, obviously were more competitive, even more compelling. I think what we're seeing uh, here in the finals is player fatigue, um, injuries starting to creep up, and then they still got the actual NBA finals coming up. So it makes you appreciate, uh, you know, what these what these athletes go through, and then not to mention the travel in between the cities and and all of that. And I realize that, you know, they're all handsomely paid, but they're still human beings and human bodies, man. And, and I think that's what we're seeing in terms of the quality of play is it's just, you know, it's just starting to catch up to them. Um, Golden State is, is deeper. They run a more fluid game, you know, with the ball motion and the dribble handoffs and the, you know, and their defense is still, you know, good enough. But yeah, I hear you on the Memphis series. Um, Golden State had a lot of respect for them and, and a lot of respect to Jason Kidd and the Mavs for, for you know, knocking off the Suns. Um, and last night's game, uh, it kind of surprised me, actually, that Dallas uh, wasn't in that or, or didn't even, you know, I was thinking, well, they'll, they'll get this one right, you know. But uh, credit to, to Golden State, you know, showing that veteran presence with those good young stars. And, and you know, and they're a good, a good team to – to cheer for. I mean, they're, they're a great franchise. They, they do things the right way for the most part. And then on the Eastern side, you know, that that's a compelling series still, who knows who will come out of that. I hate that about Jimmy Butler because he was playing uh, at MVP level uh, in, in the playoffs. And uh, I hate to hear that about him. Of course, Boston on their side, they've had some bang up and injuries there. So it's still a compelling series there in the East. Um, It'll be interesting to see tonight if it gets evened up. Um, but obviously, if that series goes longer, um, you know, advantage to Golden State. So this may be their year. And what a great storyline, Richard. If Golden State were to win the championship this this year, uh, starting out the playoffs, as a, that's pretty commendable, uh, pretty respectable by them. I'm sure there's, you know, three or four seeds that have won it all in years past. Yeah, Brooklyn, look at, you know, them being highly rated as they were coming in and then them flaming out. And then, of course, the Lakers not even making it. So, I mean, credit to the Warriors uh, for everything they've been through and still being this good this late. And a lot of it's those younger stars, Jordan Poole, Wiggins, uh, getting it done uh, as well. Those guys aren't just role players. I mean, they're they're scoring 20, 25 points a game, contributing in a major way. If anything in this series – Draymond Green is the role player, and these guys are stepping up big time. And all I could hear about this morning was uh, Luca getting dunked on by Wiggins last night, and then Luca just shaking his head like, hey, man, credit to you. So uh, the Mavs are classy as well. So I've enjoyed that Western series. And then in the East, it's, it's kind of kind of meh. It's kind of a defensive, you know, oh, Boston's got great defense. Yeah, okay, but, you know. It's, let's see how that one goes, huh? It's kind of an old-school ser- series there going on. Yeah, I actually expected those games to be more competitive. They've been blowouts, except the Game 3 win over Miami over Boston, but Boston came back in that. That's when Miami lost Jimmy Butler in the game, but Bam Adebayo just stepping up. It'll be interesting to see what Game 4 looks like. I think Boston evens it up, and I think this game goes – I think this series goes seven games, and Golden State will be – waiting with plenty of rest but when you get into the nba finals it's rest versus rust 
and we'll see which team will come out because you have two same styles of play. You have Miami and Boston that are committed to defense, and you have a team like the Warriors that shoots the lights out, but sometimes that works against them because they could get cold, and they could have a cold night shooting, and the team that is the better defensive team can take advantage. Absolutely, and we saw the Grizzlies do that against the Warriors in a few games. And so you you got to have a good plan against them. You, you you can do that, but it's very difficult. And here's why: the Warriors players that can score, they're at least six or seven deep. You know, guys that can score and contribute. So, you know, if one guy's having an off night, and what, again, what I love about the Warriors, and, you know, and I can say that on the other side about Miami and, and Boston you know, the way they're coached, but, but the Warriors, uh, they're unselfish. You know, if, if one guy, you know, ain't having a good night or whatever, then he'll contribute in other ways, you know, and that's, that's really what it takes to, uh, to uh, get over the hump and to win that championship, at least in modern basketball. It should be a great series either way. Okay, Rob. So we're getting into the summertime and summer months, usually when people take vacations, I know I go on a two week vacation and, the sports world seems to slow down. There's not a whole lot. I mean, there's baseball and then there's MLS, but the sports world seems to slow down. I don't know. Did you happen to catch the Preakness or the PGA Championship over the weekend? So I caught the highlights of, of you know, of the horse race and, of course, the, the Kentucky Derby winner and that great storyline obviously didn't continue on. So, you know, it's just kind of a – something to watch and, and, um, appreciate. Uh, but usually you're not into that sort of thing unless, you know, you're, you have horses, racing horses, or, or you're a betting man, so to speak, to be honest. But, um, so yeah, that's the storyline there. And then with the PGA, um, you know, it, it was great to, to, to see uh, tiger make the cut. I mean, it still amazes me that he made the cut because keeping in mind, there were a lot of guys that didn't, right. There's a lot yeah. of guys that did a lot of guys didn't make the cut. And here he is still making the cut on, you know, what I would call one and a half legs. I mean, uh, and, and he, uh, he retired after the third round and bowed out, but that was a great story. A lot of, I heard some guys, uh, <laughs> Guys also talking about the legendary John Daly doing halfway decent even and having a good time still out there uh, uh, in the PGA uh, tournament uh, with his big beard and, and colorful character. And then uh, the storyline on this one, uh, the young guy who had never won a major and he was up big, like about six strokes, uh, and then he lost it all and um, didn't end up winning it and uh, – you know, Mr. Johnson comes, you know, and has a valiant performance there in the last couple rounds. And Mr. Consistency, that that's 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 his golf game. Is he's 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 not like, you know, the the farthest driver or even the best putter, but he's very consistent. And uh, and he comes back and wins the thing from you know six or seven strokes back. So it, it was interesting. Uh, and a lot of the bigger names did well, mixed in with some of the younger guys. So. You know, um, golf, it, it is what it is. It's a great game. Uh, it, you know, it's something to watch. Uh, and also NASCAR, uh, it, you know, goes through the whole summer. Um, you know, NASCAR is obviously better if you could go to go to it live. It's incredible live. 
but you know nascar you know something you know to have on in the background and you know what i like about nascar man is you know putting it on and, and turning my speakers up you know and hearing the engines roar and all that you know even if it's not your thing you can at least appreciate uh what those guys go through especially racing like that in the summertime heat so nascar will continue baseball uh you know we'll be getting close to the all-star break here pretty soon there's there's some uh, decent baseball being played. Interesting storylines there. The rich keep getting richer in baseball. And until they um, have a different financial system there, it's probably never going to change, man. So that's that's my beef with baseball. It's like, you know, those that spend the most, you know, seem to be seem to be ahead of the game every year, unless you're the Oakland A's playing money ball, huh? Exactly. It's funny you mentioned about baseball. I mean, I enjoy going to baseball games. We have a, a collegiate Woodbat summer league team here in Columbus called the Columbus Chattahoots. I know that you have minor league baseball in West Virginia. And we talked about, we were doing our pre-show that how important it is during the summer, especially when you could take your family to an affordable sporting event to go support your local minor league and semi-pro professional teams. Absolutely. It's a great experience. It's a lot of fun. You know, in your case, you've got baseball and then you've got uh, what the uh, arena league football going on still. Yes. You know, that's, you know, that's a blast. That's a lot of fun. I mean, just, it's a high energy experience, a a lot of fun for, for kids, especially. Yeah. Things like that. Uh, Definitely go out and do that and enjoy that. And, um, you know, take your family and, and, and have a lot of fun. Also, you know, support your, your, uh, local, uh, your local youth sports programs in the summertime as well. You know, uh, if you know a family that has young kids and you can go out and, and support those kids and, and, um, have a good time, maybe supply their, their drinks and their snacks for them <laughs> and just, just be, uh, just be a friend of, of the kids in the summertime in those summer sports program. My, my, my young guys in the middle of youth baseball and, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to see them learning the game and, and uh, having fun out there. That is awesome. We do have Little League going on right now as they're wrapping up the season. They just announced the All-Star team, and they will get ready for their district tournaments and then state and then region tournaments, and then it'll be the Little League World Series. Of course, there's other leagues as well uh, besides Little League Baseball, but it's really big here in Columbus. And uh, I wish uh, the best of luck to, to all these young kids that it seems like this season just takes more than just the summer. It starts in March and it could possibly end in August, which is great for uh, the kids. Uh, Not so great for the parents because of all that travel. uh, But, you know, it's well worth it, you know, putting the time and effort for uh, these kids doing something that they love. And, And same with my kids, you know, getting them involved in summer camps and, you have different types of basketball camps. Of course, uh, Gabe Reynolds is, has his basketball camp going on. He's now the head coach at Ezel Harding Christian High School. So it's it's a lot of fun this summer. There's stuff to do uh, rather than watch college football or you know the sports that we talk about all the time on this podcast. So, yeah, the summer months, it starts to slow down a little bit, but there's still sports to talk about. Absolutely. So speaking of that, right now we're in the middle of the um, college uh, baseball uh, playoff season beginning. The way it goes, you got the regionals, the super regionals, and then one of my one of my favorite sporting events of the year is the College World Series in Nebraska. That, that's a ton of fun. 
to uh, watch that and see see the teams advance that far. And even when they they advance the College World Series, right? You know, when they win the Super Regional and and the tradition of them all running to the mound, throwing their hats up in the air and piling on each other, you know, and seeing, you know, seeing that joy. Um, so that's going on right now um, uh, in the evenings, you know, the, the uh, playoffs there. And that, that's, that's a fun thing to watch. And then also the NHL hockey playoffs are going on right now. And what I like this year is the Canadian teams have, have done uh, pretty well, which, you know, is good for the game of hockey and, uh, so, you know, if you're watching sports one night, you know, playoff hockey's on and, and, um, you know, of course you got minor league hockey there and, you know, it's, uh, it's something, something to watch and take in, especially in the playoffs because a lot of them will go to a game seven. So that's going on, uh, getting pretty close to the uh, conference finals and, and the NHL finals as well. It's funny you mentioned uh, right now the NCAA baseball tournament going on. You got to think of it this way because only eight teams make it into the College World Series in Omaha. So if you compare it with the basketball tournament right now, the regionals would be like the first or second round. Of course, it's a double elimination tournament. You got four teams in the bracket. The team with the best record is that is the host regional. I mean, so. Let's say Georgia is in the College World Series as the number one seed, and so they would be in the Athens Regional. And so when you get to the Super Regionals, it's a best-of-three series between two teams out of that region of the country, two different regionals. You're down to 16 teams when you get to the Super Regional, and then you have an opportunity to make it to the College World Series. It's always great to root for the little guy. Uh, Coastal Carolina won the College World Series one year. Uh, Fresno State won it in 2008, and Kennesaw State here in Georgia made it all the way to the Super Regional against Louisville. They were one win away from making it to the College World Series. We were just so proud of them. Of course, these local teams here in Columbus and LaGrange are in the Super Regionals right now for Columbus State for NCAA Division II, and then for LaGrange College, NCAA Division Three. So we're so proud of them, and we know that they're going to do well in the Super Regionals. Absolutely. And speaking of proud, uh, where we went to school, uh, our girls softball program on the NAIA level uh, has an interesting storyline that you can share with your audience. Oh, yes, Rob. So, you know, many of you people that listen to us, you know, when Rob is on the show, know that we both called games at Freed Harbin. I don't know if you ever called softball, Rob. I I know that I called one game because we had the phone line up at Union University to call the softball game. It was a road game. Uh, but mainly I was calling baseball, but I couldn't be more proud of the Lady Lions softball team that punched their ticket into the NAIA World Series. It's a special time because the NAIA World Series is held in Columbus, Georgia, my hometown. So I will definitely be there Thursday as they will take on Indiana Wesleyan. They are the number three seed. They've been nationally ranked all year. The Freed Harbor Lady Lions have had an incredible season with, get this, Rob, a 51-4 and record. Whoa, that is majorly impressive. What, what kind of seed did they draw? Did you look at the pairing? Oh, yeah, yeah. they're number three seed. They're a number three seed with that impressive of a record. Wow. Uh, number one and number two m- must have had really amazing seasons. Yeah, Mobile is the number one seed, and uh, I would say this NAIA team has been a thorn in Freed Harmon's side ever since I followed Freed Harmon Athletics. Oklahoma City is the number two seed. 
Oh, my. Yeah, not even fair, huh, playing in that major market. But, hey, uh, how many teams make it down there? Uh, 16? Ten. Uh, ten. Ten. Okay. Yeah, looking at the bracket, the ten seed plays the nine seed. It's like a play-in game for the okay. right to uh, – for a right to face the number one and number two seed. So the number one and number two seed, they kind of have a, it's not really a buy. They wait the winner of the playing games. So oh, it's, okay. it's a bracket, like an 18 bracket, but there's like the NBA playoffs. It's a play in game between the 10 seed and the nine seed. And then the eight seed and the seven seed. Oh, okay. So, so uh, pretty, uh, pretty interesting. So it's not like the NBA playoffs where the, the seven has to play the eight and then the loser of that game gets to play the nine, the winner of the nine and the 10. It's just straight up. These are the playing games and this is who they face in the next round. If they advance. Well, that is interesting. And, you know, as a three seed, eventually, uh, if you, you know, continue to win and play on, you got to beat that number two seed to get to the finals. If that number two seed doesn't get knocked off by somebody. So, so yeah, I'm glad you can go and hopefully it's a long stay, for our lady lines there, where maybe you'll get to watch more than one game, maybe two or three. And yes, uh, it's and- it's fifteen dollars, and and so they play Thursday night against Indiana Wesleyan. Indiana Wesleyan is the number six seed. The game is at seven o'clock. I mean, that's like prime time right there. I'll I'll try to make sure I get off work and I go see the Lady Lions. I I've heard rumors that there are some Freed Harmon alumni in the area that will be there. There's buzz around Freed Harmon campus. They're going to make the trip to Columbus. Uh, I welcome them with open arms. It's going to be a great atmosphere. So get this, Rob. If they win on Thursday, they'll play Saturday against possibly Oklahoma City or possibly the winner of that bracket, and that's going to be at 7 o'clock. That night, I'm actually – I will not be in attendance for the second game because – I will be calling a Columbus Lions game at the exact same time. And it's oh, all, man. it's going to be all in the same sports complex. That is a very big sports weekend in Columbus because we have exhibition games for the Columbus Chattahoots. We got the NAIA World Series going on at the softball complex. And we got the Columbus Lions taking on the Albany Empire. That is all in one sports complex in Midtown Columbus. Sounds like a great time to be a sports fan in your lovely city, and and that's exciting. So, hey, hopefully they do win, and maybe they'll keep winning. You never know. It's uh, it's uh, it's interesting when it gets to the playoffs, isn't it? But congratulations on the uh, Arena League uh, football commentary, and for your local high school team as well. So, uh, a lot of fun, and uh, congratulations on that. How's that been going? Oh yeah, we just had the spring game Friday night and they won. And of course in the spring game, you don't really play hard on defense. The tack lead is not, I mean, you look at it, it doesn't count. You look at it kind of like a pro bowl game. I mean, but you could still see talent. I mean, the quarterback can still throw the ball. You got a a great wide receiver. Like the, there is just a throw in the end zone that you you're allowed to do this stuff in a spring game because you could take big risks and you can take chances and then, of course, in the fourth quarter, they just let all the JV team play. You know, so it they really they unload the bench after the first two drives. So it's like an NFL preseason game. Uh, that's usually what a spring game atmosphere is like. Packed house at Russell County. I could not believe how many fans were there for a spring game. It was incredible. It was just great to be up in the booth again. 
be doing the public address announcing for the final time as I make the transition over to play-by-play for the fall season. And uh, August 26th can't get here any sooner. I cannot wait to call my first game as play-by-play for Russell County. Absolutely, and that's a that's a great idea. I need to mention that idea up here to our high school sports commission. Why not have a you know a game like that and, and invite people to come see you know who's next up you know and uh, I love that. I'm glad you got to do that. And of course, the Arena League action. You got a great team there uh, in Columbus that to start off the season, man. They they had two incredible wins. Uh, how are they doing now? Well, they're two and one. They had a bye again. They lost to Jacksonville, but they're two and one. They're taking on the Albany Empire, who are three and one. Of course, right now the Carolina Cobras have the best record in the National Arena League. They have a five and zero record, and uh, so it should be fun. I can't wait. Uh, we haven't had a game in almost over a month, but they're back in action this Memorial Day weekend, and there's not a better place I would rather be than to spend my Memorial Day weekend calling sports, you know, watching Freed Harmon on Thursday and then calling a Lions game on Saturday. It should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And best of luck to them. I know it's it's hard work at that level, and um, those guys deserve a good season. They've been very competitive there um, in the last few years, so so hopefully that'll it'll stay that way. And I remember that first game of the season, man, going to overtime and listening to you there and the excitement of that and then pulling that victory out. So uh, congratulations to them. That's a great thing as well to bring the family to. Lots of fun. And I love how the players interact with the fans. And and uh, also an interesting thing that will continue in the summer, Richard, is this fan-controlled football. Okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, <laughs> I'm still – trying to learn it it's it's kind of crazy but uh, i guess it's obviously one of them experiences that's better if you if you're in that market and you're, you're there live but but they do a pretty decent job on that the rumor is that michael vick of all people is going oh, yeah. to gonna put a jersey on and 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 come back and play it because you know they they play kind of arena style on that on that shorter field and um uh, yeah, I watched a little bit of it with Manziel. It, it, let's just say they had to bleep out uh, a lot of the, the cursing that was going on. I say this sarcastically somewhat, but, you know, say your prayers for the uh, uh, the other minor league football league. What is it, the, the USFL? Uh, yes. I, I get the feeling that they're not doing too well. I, honestly, I haven't – I caught the first weekend, and beyond that, I, I couldn't tell you what channel they're on, when they're playing. Uh, oh, so they're maybe- they're yeah. Fox and NBC. Uh, the ratings, they get about 1.2 million views. you got to okay. understand that the ratings is a little bit different, especially with nowadays everybody's got smartphones. They can watch games on the app. They don't count that in the ratings. Oh, okay. So 1.2 million viewers, that's actually not bad. Not bad. You know, not bad. We'll, we'll put them in the cookie jar for, for summer sports. You know, maybe – Maybe more folks will catch on to them in the summertime because their their season will continue. I, I do believe they all all the games are in that one city there in Alabama, if I remember right. Yes, so, they decided um, this year to control the environment, and I guess they're playing in a bubble. I don't know why, but it's all in Birmingham. Hopefully, they finish out the season. The Birmingham Stallions have the best record with a six and zero record. You know, I hope they just finish the season. I just want to see a uh, spring football league complete their season because the last two didn't go so well. 
Absolutely. I, I think they will. They've got the funding, you know, and the networks behind them and everything. Uh, and then the following year, the XFL will be back. So that's, oh, yeah. that'll be another interesting storyline to follow uh, this summer, how they're doing. And they, they do have a lot of familiar names in that league, you know, uh, former former college stars, you know, uh, that are playing. So, um, so yeah, I'll put that on the list to uh, catch up to them this summer as well. But it's been fun talking with you today, covering uh, the cookie jar, so to speak, of summer sports. We're heading into the summer slowdown, but hey, it's an opportunity to do all these things that we talked about on the show, and there's still lots of things to talk about. So appreciate you having me on, and we'll, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll keep the we'll keep the uh, sports dialogue going uh, this summer. Oh yeah, I'm really excited that you're back on the show. I know we've had some busy lives, and I've I've gotten a lot of guests on this show as well, and uh, this show is just continuing to grow. And Rob, I just thank you for being a part of it and just appreciate you being on the show today. My pleasure and shout out to all those that continue to listen to the podcast and on the radio as well. We appreciate that. And we hope that uh, we can encourage you as a sports fan to continue supporting the sports that you love. Thanks for having me on again. And as we head into this Memorial day weekend, we want to continue to remember those that made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom where we can enjoy uh, watching sports in this great country that we live in. All right. Thanks as always, Rob. Thank you so much once again for listening to the podcast. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode, and I hope that everybody has a great rest of your day. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.